Hello again, everyone, and welcome to it. It is the Derek Hunter Podcast for the 19th of September, 2022. Happy Monday. Welcome to it. Another week, once more into the breach, dear friends. Uh, appreciate you listening, downloading, sharing, telling a friend, rating and reviewing on iTunes, sharing on social media, and generally just wilding in the streets about the program. Yes, go ahead. Pummel people, but uh, not for me. Do it to get it out of your system. Anyway, we've got an action-packed program for you. At the end of the program, I will um, announce who won what book, what autographed book. So you'll have to stick around or fast-forward to the end to find that out. And then I'll tell you about who you can win this week. It's just that stupid hair in my mouth. It's just that simple. All right, let us get on with the program. But there is a lot going on, of course, around the country and around the world. And the big story, my God, the hyperventilate. Can you imagine being sentenced to Martha's Vineyard and somehow that being thought of as a punishment by left? The left is pretending that this is a horrible situation. Oh, how dare they send these people to Martha's Vineyard? It's, it's a strange land. They don't know anything. They don't speak the language. They don't know the customs. Uh, they don't know the customs. Uh, just think totalitarian thoughts, and then you'll know the local customs there and the, the political uh, proclivities of the residents there. But also be ready to be tossed out on your ass because they don't want you there. They don't want you there. And they're outraged that anybody would be there. They're making Holocaust analogies. Ken Burns, who did the Civil War documentary, he's got a new documentary about, uh, I don't know what, I saw a commercial for it the other day. It seems to be about what the America's culpability was in the Holocaust. Like, they never connect the dots. Yeah, there was the, an opportunity to save a lot of Jews, and the uh, Roosevelt administration passed on that. They don't want to. They don't care. They don't. They're anti-Semitic. That's what you get with uh, Democrats. They were de- uh, anti-Semitic then. They're anti-Semitic now. And they so no, it's all American. No, no, no. It's the elitist left-wing northeastern liberal. That's who. That's who's anti-Semitic. That's who doesn't like Jews very much. But okay, go ahead. Congratulations. Um, but he, he's out there comparing him and uh, John Brennan or John Berman over at CNN, were comparing the uh, flight of 50 sweet, sweet, nourishing illegal aliens to Martha's Vineyard as being akin to the Holocaust. It's exactly the same. They're exactly the same. George Takei, George Takei, Mr. Sulu from Star Trek, he's a big left-wing activist. I've, been, I've, I've met George. His husband, Brad, is, is way nicer and... Uh, much more rational, way more intelligent than George. But George, George kind of, uh, well, George is the moneymaker and Brad's the manager. And George just barks out commands. It's really kind of a gross relationship if you get down to it. But uh, George was, uh, as a child, as an infant, in an internment camp, thanks to FDR, again, those Democrats. And ever since then, he has been a, I don't know if it's Munchausen by proxy or whatever it is, uh, or not Munchausen by proxy, but Stockholm Syndrome, that George has become an ardent Democrat. 
a massive defender of the Democratic Party, no matter what it does. It's like you 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 talk nonstop about how this uh, if these events of your internment before you really have any memories, George. I'm just just saying you you weren't you probably have no real memories of this, not any that matter. And certainly none that register to the point that you're impacted for the rest of your life. But hey, whatever. Everybody's got a marketing gimmick. But those events were perpetrated exclusively by Democrats. And now you're just defending, no matter what they do, the party that did this to you, this injustice to you. And there's no doubt it was an injustice. You uh, you you talk about it being an injustice all the time, but you never connect that last dot. And it's Democrats who did it to you. Never connect that last dot. You talk about all the evil. You can talk about the evils of every liberal, the evils of slavery and the horrors of Jim Crow and segregation. And you never connect that last dot that it was Democrats. And if you really look at the policies that the Democratic Party is currently advocating, they're the same goals, different methods, same goals. Divide to conquer. Keep people apart. Well, we need segregation today, segregation tomorrow, segregation forever, Democrat Governor George Wallace said. Now, what do we have? We fought to overturn that, to get rid of that mentality. And we thought, oh, we did it. Separate but equal is gone. Plus, E.V. Ferguson tossed out with uh, Brown versus Board of Education and then solidified again with Brown versus Board of Education too. We really made a point of this. The Civil Rights Act, all of these things, equal, separate but equal is not good enough. Equal, equal, equal. And now what are they doing? What we need is separate high school dances. What we really need is separate high school and college graduations. What we need is separate dormitory housing on college campuses by race so that uh, it used to be so that the races won't mix so we can keep the white race pure. That was what Democrats wanted back in the day, or they still want it. But that's what Democrats said back in the day. Now that that's no longer politically correct, they say, so we can uh, have safe spaces. And in the name of tolerance, we need a segregate segregation in the name of hatred. Oh, okay. And then Democrats change that becomes unfashionable. Segregation in the name of tolerance. Well, that's weird. How can you have the exact opposite goal with the same methods? That's just very bizarre to me. It doesn't seem to make any sense. But then you realize that's how Democrats roll in general. When it comes to climate change, they want massive government control of everything. They want the ability to tax, regulate, uh, decree, declare. And so they say, we must, we must have this power. We must do this. We must, we have all the solutions for global warming right here. It's a huge regulatory state. It's the banning of this. It's the subsidizing of, of the other thing that our donors totally do. Then you look back in history and you go, wait a second, in the 60s and 70s, you're talking about the coming ice age. The exact opposite, 180 degrees away from global warming. And what was the solution back then? Why it was increase the regulatory state, increase taxes, give government the power to subsidize X over Y and, and favor all of it. And you're like, wait a second, that, that sounds like exactly the same thing. So the problem changed from heads to tails. You can't get more diametrically opposed than going from heads to tails. But the solutions were the same. It's almost as though Democrats want these policy prescriptions and it doesn't really matter. They're looking for a delivery device that is absolutely irrelevant to everything else that's going on. They just found found a way to do it. It's like when there's a shooting, 
Oh, no, we, I've got these gun patrol control proposals. They will save lives. Would they have saved a single life in this? No, no, they wouldn't have saved a single life. Not in this case, but in you know, other cases. What other cases? Oh, I don't know. Then you look and you say, wait a second. In this case, in particular, the laws that were on the books actually would have handled it. They just weren't enforced. The FBI dropped the ball. Local officials dropped the ball. Whatever it was. The people that the Democrats are looking to empower further dropped the ball. Well, if you're playing a football game and every time you hand it off to your running back or every third time you hand it off to your running back, there's a good chance it's going to end up on the turf. You should probably stop handing the ball off to your running back, should you not? If you've been empowered to, quote unquote, protect the public and you fail, oh, there are red flags all over the place. It looks like Somebody with uh, having convulsions while trying to also bring a plane into the uh, the terminal with those flashlights. Hey, uh, red flags everywhere, and, and nobody does anything, nobody says anything. The FBI was warned about it, but they failed to act on it. They were too busy chasing down an 81-year-old woman whose cell phone pinged on a tower near the Capitol building on January 6th, 2021. They kicked in her door and shot her livestock, and it turns out that, uh, no, she was just up there having lunch. But that's beside the point. Doesn't matter. The republic is saved. We must defend democracy, just not from murderous leftists. And oh, by the way, like that school shooting out in California, when it's all black people involved, the national media just doesn't give a damn. Just couldn't care less. Told you about that the other day. They just don't care. Vallejo, California, meh, whatever. High school football coach, meh. Couple of students fighting turns into shooting, meh. Can't blame that one on the NRA. Can't blame that one on the NRA. So the idea that uh, being shipped to, I never got around to what George Takei actually said, did I? George Takei took to his Twitter account and compared, now this, they've already told you about Ken Burns and CNN comparing 50 illegal aliens being flown to Martha's Vineyard. Is That's just like the Holocaust, just like Auschwitz, my God. Now here comes George Takeda to do the same thing with internment. Quote, as a child, I was put on a train and sent off by the government to a faraway place I'd never heard of. As a survivor of that policy, I am appalled by what governors in Texas and Florida are doing now. Politicians back then treated us as political scapegoats, less than human. Hashtag never again. Full head, Captain. Yeah, there's George Takei, Mr. Sulu. Um, he's a ardent, ardent defender of the party that did that to him. I once saw him uh, when I was in the room with him. I was in the room with him for, I don't know, an hour and a half or something like that. I say perfectly nice. His his husband, Brad, was way nicer and way cooler, though. But uh, I asked him about or He was asked about that. Like, why, uh, why do you defend these? Like, Democrats did this to you. I actually passed the question along to the person who was interviewing him. You de- defend Democrats who did this to you. And he made, it was one of the worst excuses, it's been, I assume, in the ensuing I don't know, eight, ten years. He has come up with a better one, or maybe he's never been asked about it. But it was something about the Supreme Court of California and a Republican. He blamed a Republican. Like, you really have to get twisted logic. FDR did this. 
and unless FDR's secret Svengali was a Republican, I don't know how you blame Republicans. But then again, I don't understand Stockholm syndrome, and I don't understand being a committed leftist where you're willing to just completely beclown yourself in front of as many people as you have to in order to advance the agenda. Agenda uber alles. Sad and pathetic. But the idea that I get a kick out of is that this being sent to Martha's Vineyard is just like a concentration camp. It's just like an internment camp. And so I thought I'd dust off the old Civil War music and throughout the program do some ad-libbing about letters, like just like they did in the Civil War documentary. Um, you know, General, today everybody named Jedediah was wounded in the battle today at wounded, wounded ankle. But this time, from the perspective of illegal aliens, I won't do the accent, though. I'll do a different, I'll do an old-timey accent. Because uh, these people are suffering enough, they don't need my humiliation. And this is more a mockery of the left and what they're pretending is a horrible, horrible fate. To be, I mean, it is really awful to be shipped off to, to be near a whole bunch of rich liberals. God, and you're not one of them. They look down their nose at you and whatever. So... Without any further ado, we'll do the first uh, Civil War letter. Got off my charter flight today. Beautiful place. This horrible, beautiful place. Mansions as far as the eye could see. Everybody looking there down their nose at me. It's awful, it's awful, it's awful. I tried to use the bathroom at a coffee shop. They threw me out. One woman came up to me and said, Why are you not carrying a leaf blower? I didn't know what that meant until she explained she'd never seen a Hispanic man without a leaf blower before. She immediately called the police and had me arrested. Martha's Vineyard is not the promised land we were told it would be. The horrible, horrible stench of money everywhere. I don't know how long I can survive. It's going to be a dangerous, dangerous dark time here. I love how these people are like, I never, what, there's a Hispanic man over there, officer. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but he's not carrying a leaf blower. He's not pushing a lawnmower. What's, he's not even, he's not even taking care of uh, any, anybody's children. What is he doing here? He clearly does not belong. <laughs> the horrors. The horrors. H-O-O-O. Oh. <laughs> No, I'm not going to spell it. You can, you can, you can describe. You can decide which which version of that word I'm using when I describe these horrible people up there in Martha's Vineyard. Now let's get to some of the reaction of the left from the idea that fifty, fifty, fifty people. That's it, fifty. You know what fifty is to a Texas border town? That's a decent half an hour. Fifty illegal aliens coming to Martha's Vineyard. No, 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 no. There's a lot of jokes out there that people are upset because Martha's Vineyard is so white. It's not because it's so white. It's because it's so liberal. It's so left-wing. That's what, It's the NIMBY thing. We must, we must do the right thing. I mean, not us, but the right thing must be done. We must order other people to do what we have determined to be the right thing. Just don't bring it over here. Who the hell do these people think they are? <laughs> this is an island. This is, no, we don't want we don't want that. We don't want that at all. See, Democrats uh, Democrats love uniformity. 
I love uniformity. There's a possibility that these uh, sweet, sweet, nourishing, illegal aliens, some of them might think for themselves. Some of them might. And that's the biggest threat to Democrats. Plus, they just don't... Look, what if an illegal alien young guy starts talking to their daughter? They don't like that very much either. They don't. Oh, for all the talk, they don't like that. But it's not really about race in general because it's about ideology. The Obamas, nobody said, oh, no, there go the property values. The Obamas have moved it. No. They said, this is great. The Obamas, they are our king. They are our queen. They they agree with us on everything. And that's why the Obamas vacation there. That's why liberals always vacation there. It's kind of funny. It's weird. How is it that the pres- that Barack Obama, never been to Martha's Vineyard before, becomes president, and then these millionaires go, here, have my house for a week? And that's cool. <laughs> that's cool. Here, have my, have my giant mansion for a week. And Barack and Michelle always vacationed in Martha's Vineyard. Um, but the idea of having illegal aliens there, now you would think that these very people would be welcoming of this. Now, why? Well, because they've been telling us that the illegal alien population, they do nothing but add to the economy. Not only do they add to the wonderful mosaic that is our culture, but they add to us economically. My God, there is no greater way to stimulate the economy than to welcome in people who are illiterate, not only in your language, they don't even speak your language, but they're illiterate in their own language and have zero capital to bring to bear. There's nothing better for the economy than that, I tell you. <laughs> That's what, look, I, I'm just pointing out the absurdity of what they say. Be mad at them, not at me. But that is what they tell you. Oh, they're, they're better. They commit fewer crimes than Americans do. Yeah, but the difference is every crime they commit that uh, victimizes anybody, particularly Americans, would not, that person would not have been victimized if those people had not been here to do it. MS-13, who kills countless people every year, they wouldn't be here were it not for the open borders policies of the left. So every one of those people, American, legal immigrant, illegal immigrant, who were murdered by MS-13 would not uh, have been murdered by MS-13 were MS-13 not here, and they would not have been here were it not for the Democrats saying, hey, come one, come all, the world's dumbest version of Red Rover ever. But that's beside the point. Uh, let's see. I, I want to play, before we get to anything, I want to play this Martha's Vineyard resident just to illustrate this NIMBY, this not-in-my-backyard mentality that these people simply, they cannot help themselves. My God, how, how you, even if you, you're, in, I know these people are inclined to think this way. I know these people are inclined to believe this. But they have such insulated worlds that they say it out loud. And that's what's funny about it. Every once in a while, when uh, asked a question, a direct question, a liberal will give a straight answer when they're caught off guard. When they think they're talking amongst friends, and you see a lot of local media up there going, this is an outrage, it's a humanitarian disaster. Do you imagine? It's a humanitarian disaster. 50 people being sent to a place where the average home price is, median home price is well over like a million two. The liberal elite live. There's plenty of food. 
plenty of property, maybe not plenty of uh, housing because like the Obamas have a 29-acre estate there in their mansion. Seven bedrooms, eight and a half baths, and 29 acres, almost 30 acres. Well, how many how many tents could you set up on uh, the Obama's estate? How many houses, low-income housing projects could you set up on the Obama estate? Maybe we need to uh, use some eminent domain and just claim, I don't know, five acres. They wouldn't even miss it. Five acres from the Obamas and build some low-income housing. You know, dormitory style. For these sweet, sweet, nourishing illegals and whatever ones come after them. I mean, the Obamas wouldn't object to that, would they? They cheered the Kelo decision. They cheered the idea of simply seizing private property for quote-unquote public good. We ought to try that, right, shouldn't we? Anyway, this is a uh, white lady up on Martha's Vineyard asked and uh, answering honestly about what is going on. She says they can't handle, they can't handle, you believe an island of 1,500 people can't handle 50 illegal aliens? No, she's confusing the words can't and won't. That's the difference. So, What are the most difficult challenges right now? The difficult challenges are, uh, we have, at some point in time, they have to move here to somewhere else. Right, we we cannot. We don't have the services to take care of 50 immigrants, um, and we we certainly don't have housing. We're in a housing crisis as we are on this island, and so we we don't we can't house everyone here that lives here and works here. We don't have housing for 50 more people. We told them we don't want them. We don't need them. We can't house them. There's no way we could house them. No way. You're telling me that an island who's a big source of their income is like Airbnb-style rentals, and it's going out of summer rental season. You're telling me that they don't, uh, they don't have the capacity to handle 50 people. One, one of those houses could handle 50 people. 50. The Obama's house, I, they're probably in Hawaii or at their L.A. mansion or their D.C. mansion or their Hawaii mansion, like I said. They could be anywhere. Or they could be at somebody else's mansion. They could be living large on Jeff Bezos's yacht. It doesn't matter. They're probably not in Martha's Vineyard. It's their summer vacation home. They probably, It's probably kept at a you know nice 70 degrees air conditioning going just in case they stop by. But they're likely not there. It's sitting there empty. You can't tell me that a seven-bedroom, eight-and-a-half-bath estate on 30 acres couldn't handle 50 people. Where are they? Open it up. But what's funny is there's a group on uh, Facebook. It's a private group, you see, for Martha's Vineyard. They like their privacy, you see. And they have been messaging one another about what's going on. They're panicked. All of these rich liberals all different colors, are panicked over the idea of poor people showing up. That's really what it is, poor people. So they're messaging each other. Do we need uh, one woman named Deborah? Do you need anyone to help in the evenings? Where can clothing be given to them? Can we just come and give them nice clothing? (laughs) What else do they need, asked Pat. Somebody named Tom said they need housing. You have two summer rentals, meaning why don't you uh, come up and talk about it? And there's a whole bunch of people talking about, hey, you need summer rentals. 
you got summer rentals. Maybe, maybe we could, uh, I don't know, open up some of these doors, these liberals. No, 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 no. <laughs> Rebecca writes, here's the thing. DeSantis absolutely can send refugees to Massachusetts, and we have services set up to help them and ease the stress of our border states. But without notice, he dumped them in Boston where uh, the support systems were in place, but on Martha's Vineyard which has no existing services. In my opinion, this was a political stunt that shows DeSantis can be both calculatingly partisan and deeply cruel. We don't have... See, they don't have any social services on Martha's Vineyard because they don't allow for the idea that poor people would come there. (laughs) They They won't allow for the idea, the concept, that poor people would come there. Somebody responded, Obama has room. Rebecca responded to that, I'm sure he does, but that's not the point. How is it not the point? Is there no compassion there? Is there no compassion? Another woman named Maria. This is heartbreaking. How sick is DeSantis to treat people like that? I don't know. Maybe we should ask the women in this state if he robs them of their bottle, as he robs them of, uh, maybe we should ask the women in his state as he robs them of their bodily autonomy. (laughs) and then this is a popular theme find them permanent housing i'm sorry but there was a housing shortage here you know why there's a housing housing shortage there in martha's vineyard it's because of the massive rich liberal rolling estates i did mention that the obamas have nearly 30 acres do they need they have a giant house it's not anywhere close to 30 acres they've got rolling hills in a great backyard that goes right up to the ocean they ain't given up that. They could easily, all of these massive estates could give up five acres. They could give up five. They could give up, hell, the Obamas could give up 10 acres. And then they could build low-income housing on it. And it would be, what's the word I'm looking for? Oh, yes, equitable. Equitable. It would certainly be equitable, would it not? But they're not really interested in equity, They demand you comply. They demand you obey. They demand your life be upended. Not theirs. They move to places like Martha's Vineyard where it's really expensive to even get there because they don't want you walking around the streets. Warren Buffett, it's like the Hamptons. You could drive through the Hamptons, but you probably couldn't afford to have lunch there on an average day. You wouldn't be welcomed there unless you were dressed properly. Is your collar popped enough? Is your popped collar long enough? No, I'm sorry. We're going to have to ask you to leave. Warren Buffett wants to come down here. That's, you know, Howard Stern is walking down the street. Please don't make eye contact with him. Please don't talk to Howard. He doesn't like you. He can tell. While we haven't seen your taxes, we can just kind of tell. Those shoes are a little bit worn out. You don't belong here. But I do love these endless exchanges of these Martha's Vineyardites talking about how these illegal aliens need to leave. We can't handle this. We can't handle this. These people are fabulously wealthy. They could all handle it. I bet you they have guest houses. They could easily handle it. But no, they want, you know, middle-of-nowhere Texas. And uh, 10,000 person town Arizona to handle. They don't want that there. 
They live far away from these people. And they like it that way. Gross. So now we're going to talk about the um, the White House's response to this. Now, I, I do love the freakout. The freak, as a matter of fact, I'm going to do another Civil War letter. Why not? Off the cuff. Let's Let's go ahead and start that music up. You got the music. Day two here in the vineyard. People are already trying to ship me off this place. The wonderful tolerant left is screaming at me about how tolerant they are through the speaker on their gate in the bottom of their driveway. And then they asked me to kindly please get off the bottom of their driveway. I was just walking past, but somehow they knew I was coming. I had no intention. It didn't even ring the bell. They just started pushing the button and screaming at me. They insist I tell everybody how tolerant they are. Made eye contact with a woman today and she fainted. Another woman tried to give me a scarf. Then her money. I said I didn't want it. I was, I was just there to find a job. She called the police on me. The police were very nice. <laughs> they threw me into the ocean. And I love these freaking people. They're such hypocrites. And uh, nobody's... We'll get to Whoopi in a second. But uh, Karine Jean-Pierre. Karine Jean-Pierre. I <clears throat> I really miss that guy who threw the shoes at Bush. Remember that guy who threw the shoes at Bush? It's apparently in, uh, in some Muslim cultures, like a shoe... I remember when they started tearing down statues of... Saddam Hussein and when you sit there and you go what the hell is this you're watching the footage and all these guys are running up to this giant statue that just got knocked over and they're taking their shoes off and they're smacking the the head of the statue with the shoes and you're like you, you recognize that's not him right you recognize that's that's like brass or whatever the hell you, you realize that it's not even like a voodoo statue you know, you stick a pin in the arm and it ow, the real Saddam. Where's Saddam? I don't know, but everybody be quiet for a second. We're going to uh, run a feather under the statue's nose and then we'll hear the real Saddam sneeze and then we'll be able to find him. No, that's not how it works. But they were out there smacking the statue with shoes and you're like, that's, that's, all right, just call it what it is. It's dumb. It's really dumb. But somehow in their, I didn't know, in their culture, that is a massive insult. It's akin to flipping the bird at somebody here or something like that. Like mooning. Remember when mooning was a thing? We need to bring back mooning. But when mooning was a thing, you show somebody their butt or uh, you're flipping somebody the bird. And you're like, okay, a lot of people get really upset. Uh, here's a little secret. Maybe too much information. But when I was a kid in high school, my friends and I, when we were first starting to be able to drive, 16 years old and so on. Now kids don't don't want to drive at all. They just want to be driven or Uber and stuff. It's pathetic. But couldn't none, me and none of my friends could wait until we were 16 years old to be able to drive. And when we were driving, it it almost seemed like the duty of the passenger to scream at somebody on the street just to make the driver feel wildly uncomfortable and possibly get chased and have to drive like an idiot. It's it's amazing that we lived through it. But what we would do is sometimes you'd just yell like, hey, uh, Gretchen, 
at somebody on the street screaming. It, it's a guy. You know his name's not Gretchen. This is before all the trans stuff. And now there's a 20% chance that some beefy linebacker-looking dude does go by Gretchen now. But back then, it was different. Gretchen! And you're waving and flailing, or Bob, or whatever, and they just kind of look at you and wave back because they, they see somebody waving at them. They're clearly not that person. They wave back. And then sometimes, then you just flip them off. And they become wildly offended. I don't know why. Obviously, we've already established that we don't know who they are. We don't know who they are at all. We think they're Gretchen, and they're not Gretchen. Nobody's named Gretchen. (laughs) Unless it was the the future governor of the state wandering around. Then then the flipping off was justified. But we'd sit there and just yell at these people. Then they'd wave back, and then you'd flip them off, or you'd yell, like, F you or whatever. And they would suddenly like be ready to fight you as you're driving down eight mile road. Like, what the hell? First of all, they're not you're not gonna stop. It's not about that. It's just about being a jerk. But then sometimes people would get in their cars and chase you down. <laughs> Try to chase you down. And uh, or they'd uh, you'd go past a house. There was one particular house where the people always seemed at the ready and, and had a, a carload of people to come and chase you down. Why we kept driving past them is a testament to just how stupid young men are. But we do this all the time, or and they kind of wave. They had no idea who we were. We had no idea who they were. It didn't matter. We just decided to be a jerk, and you'd flip them off, and they'd be ready to fight. Now somebody flips me off, and I just kind of laugh. It doesn't mean anything to me. Somebody does, hits a statue of me with a shoe. Go ahead. I couldn't care less. Like if you. If that gets you your jollies, go ahead. But in different cultures, different things matter, I suppose. And if, like, it never mattered to me. You can moon me all you want, and you can flip me off all you want. I don't give a damn. But uh, we miss that guy with the shoes and Bush, because we could use him at the White House press briefing, to be perfectly honest with you, (laughs) with the current crop that are in there. Anyway, Karine Jean-Pierre, she's wildly historic. Wildly historic. Talking about the illegal aliens and the border situation. And the Mary Bruce, I think that's her name, from CBS News is actually asking her some serious questions because uh, it's obviously a mess down at the border. It's obviously a disaster down at the border. And Karen Jean-Pierre and, uh, you know, what's her face? Kamala Harris the other day said, oh, the border is secure. The border is secure. So listen to this exchange because it, it tells you how delusional and how fraudulent these people are. And that, this isn't a bigger deal, tells you how fraudulent and um, ridiculous the media are. On the situation along the border, uh, crossings are up. Drownings along the border are increasing. We've been to one town recently where the morgue is overwhelmed by, by migrant deaths. Are you confident and do you feel that the situation at the border is under control? Are you doing enough? So what we have, um, what we have been doing is, is doing the work that wasn't done by the last administration. Uh, we are fixing a broken system. It is not like turning the light switch on. It is going to take some time. But I'll say this, more individuals encountered at the border will be removed or expelled this year than in any previous year. 
that is something of the work that the DHS has been doing and how we have been moving forward and making sure uh, that we're doing our part here. Uh, we, have made, we have made over 3,000 arrests in the first three months of launching an aggressive campaign to combat the multi-billion dollar hum human smuggling industry. Uh, so we have seen the work that we have done and how it's been effective. <laughs> We've made 3,000 arrests in human smuggling. Oh, 2 million people have come across the border so far that they've caught. Uh, probably half a million to another million they didn't catch. But you're really making a dent in that human smuggling. Uh, by the way, all those 3,000 arrests involving human smuggling were made outside of Hunter Biden's house, and they involve the Russian pimps that bring the trafficked Russian girls to uh, Hunter's house when the wife is around, not around and his crack dealers. I kid, of course, that only about 2,500 of those arrests were made there. But you've got to love the idea that we've got record. The question is, the border's being overrun and morgues are being overrun. You're supposed to, you sit there and you really talk about the, the sanctity of human life and how you care about every bit of human life except for, you know, the unborn children. And, uh, you know, You've got morgues overrun by people drowning in the Rio Grande. They're not drowning in the Rio Grande on the possibility that they'll be welcomed into the United States. They know they'll be welcomed into the United States. It's official policy. The border is wide open. And you've never said anything. You've never made a move whatsoever to secure the border. In fact, the court moves that you've made and policy moves you made have been to open the border wider. So you're encouraging these people to come across. Therefore, every one of these deaths at the border of drowning illegal aliens or potential illegal aliens in the Rio Grande are on you and on your hands. Isn't that a bit of a problem? And their answer is to go, we've had more encounters and we're doing this, that and the other thing. Totally, completely, 100% ignoring the question about the full morgues and the drowning illegal aliens. Why? Because they don't have an answer. They don't have an answer because they don't care. You've got to ask this question, and this, that'll be the only day they're asked that question. Don't be asked about it. How many reports from the border have you seen? Compare the number of reports from the border you've seen on the nightly newscasts from the number of reports from outside Mar-a-Lago you've seen. Now, we're going on month two of the Mar-a-Lago raid, and I guarantee you that the networks still have people on call. They're down there. They've been dispatched to Florida, and they're still sitting there waiting just in case there's a new development so they can just have the, the footage of them in front of Mar-a-Lago. They've dispatched people there. Oh, we've got somebody. We've got a team at Bedminster, too. We've got a team at Trump Tower in New York as well. What about on the border? N uh, no. And we got a stringer down there sends us B-roll every once in a while in case we need it. That's about it. That's, that's how these people work. That's what they give a damn about. Karen Jean-Pierre was not done. Uh, this is, uh, again, a testament to her willingness to completely and straight, bold-faced lie or how dumb she is. You can choose which one it is. Either one is, frankly, historic. 
Uh, and again, we're, there is a process in place to manage migration flows. That includes expelling migrants as required by court order under Title 42, transferring them to ICE custody, or monitoring migrants through the alternatives to detention program as they await further processing. So there is a process in place. Uh, what these Republican governors are doing, again, is a political, they're using people, they're using desperate people, people who are trying to come here because they're feel, fleeing communism themselves uh, as a political pawn, and it's horrific and it's shameful. No, it's horrific and it's shameful. We're the only ones who are allowed to exploit people. All they're doing is moving them off the borders, moving them from their initial landing places. Everybody, you imagine you, you land at LaGuardia and you never leave LaGuardia. Did you, did you come to the United States to see LaGuardia or JFK or BWI or Dallas-Fort Worth? Or, whatever? or did you maybe come here and that's your starting point and you're going to go other places? Well, they ask these people, you want to go to New York? Yeah, sure. You want to go to D.C.? Let's do it. Chicago? Of course. How about Martha's Vineyard? Oh, yes, it's lovely. There's a whole bunch of rich liberals there. Nobody loves us more than a rich liberal. We will be showered with gifts. And then, no, they're not. They're not welcome. They're not wanted. They don't want them there. It's different. I support these policies. I just don't want to see them. The people in San Francisco, look, it's not the rich neighborhoods in, in San Francisco and Los Angeles and Washington, D.C., where they have the tent cities set up for homeless people. It's the downtown areas. It's around businesses. It's around apartments that are semi-affordable. San Francisco, there's not very many, but they, they sit there and they're in the parks. All you got to do is not go to the park. Go to your roof deck on your condo building or whatever. You don't have to go to the park. The people who are impacted, the people who are stepping in feces and stepping over needles are not the Nancy Pelosi's of the world. They're the average people. They're the ones sick of it. So, of course, it's really easy to be compassionate and go, we need to let these people do what they're going to do. It would be wrong to tear down their tents. It would be wrong. They have a right to live just like anybody else. All right, well, how about we set them up in the, uh, in the district where Nancy lives? No, not there. This is a quiet residential area. Oh, okay, so school kids can run the gauntlet of homeless junkies but as long as Nancy's driver doesn't have to slalom through a few tents on the way to one of her mansions, all is right with the world. They're raging hypocrites, ladies and gentlemen. Raging, raging, raging hypocrites. Okay, now let's uh, go to uh, The View. The ladies over at The View, I swear to God, they're paid millions of dollars a year. And not a one, I guess if you're paid millions of dollars, you just don't care. You can, you can have that attitude of, I don't care. I don't care. You look like an idiot every... Yeah, I know, but uh, I'm paid $10 million a year. You pay me $10 million a year, you can you can make me look like an idiot too or uh, set up a scenario in which I'll look like an idiot. And I'll be happy to go, all right, yeah, you know what? I uh, I feel like an idiot, but I grab my pen, uh, click it, and I'll sign that check, even though when you're making millions of dollars a year, I imagine it's direct deposited. But beside the point, I'd happily do it for that kind of money. So the ladies in The View, are I can see why they do it. But at some point, after years of doing it, wouldn't you go, you know, everywhere I go, people are pointing out, and on social media, people are pointing out that what I said was wildly stupid and just incredibly wrong on so many different levels, on like basic levels, on like junior high civics levels, that maybe, just maybe, the staff on this show that are supposed to prep me 
for these segments should prep me on these segments a little bit so I don't come across as a complete and total vapid moron. But it doesn't occur to them. They don't care. Maybe the checks are bigger than $10 million. Who the hell knows? Case in point, Whoopi Goldberg on this issue about immigrations, illegal aliens, and Martha's Vineyard. The horror, the concentration camp that is Martha's Vineyard. Well, listen to her getting going. All right. Yesterday, undocumented immigrants were put on planes and flown from Texas to Martha's Vineyard in Massachusetts. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis said he used his state's funds to do that. That means taxpayers paid for it. And his spokesperson added that places like Massachusetts and New York should take care of them since they're the ones inviting them here by calling themselves sanctuary cities. Yeah. Oh, my God. Taxpayers. Suddenly she's the the guardian of taxpayer rights. She's concerned about waste of tax money. Kind of funny. She had no concern when the Biden administration was sh- flying illegal aliens all across the country. None whatsoever. Did it? No. She wasn't saying, oh, my God, our tax dollars, they're being exploited. How dare they? This is an outrage. This shall not pass. But regardless or as many on the left say, irregardless, regardless of that fact. In the last budget by the state of Florida, the state of Florida, the legislature, including most Democrats who voted for it, voted for $12 million to do what? To do illegal alien relocation. (laughs) Oops. So they budgeted for it. They were down with this. And now they're going, oh, can you believe they're spending taxpayer money on this? Well, yeah, I can believe that. And I'm a little bit less worried about a couple of plane loads to Martha's Vineyard than I am the half a, a trillion dollars to, um, so, or half a billion dollars to Solyndra that we'll never get and everything else that you leftists do, all right? I'm pretty sure that uh, maybe $10,000 for some plane tickets are a little bit less than a, a half a billion dollars. I could be wrong. But Whoopi doesn't stop there because why would she stop there? She doesn't know what she's talking about, so she decides to keep talking. Now, I call me crazy, but I remember the big, tall, green lady, you know, the one that's yeah. over on the river. And she kind of said, send me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to be free. The wretched refuse of your teeming shore. Send these, the homeless, the tempest tossed to me. I thought that was part of what we did here in the United States. We welcomed people, invited people who were going through crap in the countries they lived in, getting abused in the countries they lived in. I thought we asked people to come here. And I know that uh, Ron DeSantis's great-great-grandma arrived at, uh, at Ellis Island in 1917 from Italy. She also could not read or write, but no one gave her permission to come. She come, and we still took her in. She come, and we still took her in. First of all, the Emma Lazarus poem, we've covered this countless times, was part of a fundraiser for the pedestal to raise money to the pedestal on which the statue sits. It is not legally binding in any way, shape, or form. It takes a special kind of stupid to cite it and also leave out the yearning to live, yearning to breathe free beside the golden door. And it's about the promise of America that you come here and you contribute. You make your way through, not you come here and immediately get on welfare benefits and not be able to communicate and what have you. Back when Ron DeSantis's great-great-grandmother came over here, 
uh, Ellis Island. She came through Ellis Island. That's how you came in. That's called the front door. That was legal immigration at the time. They screened her like they screened everybody else to find out whether or not she was carrying any diseases. They don't do that at the southern border. If she were, she would have been immediately turned around and catapulted back to the old country. They made sure they had to have somebody here in this country greeting them and agreeing to take care of them so that they should not become a drag on the public. They don't do that at the southern border now. They don't do any of that stuff. See, there's a difference. Those people at Ellis Island, that was how you came to the country. There's a way to come to the country now. These people are decidedly not doing it. Whoopi Goldberg should have been told that, but instead she had part of a poem put into a teleprompter, only certain parts of a poem, put it on a teleprompter for her to perform so she could sound like she knew what the hell she was talking about. She didn't, but she didn't stop. So I get that. I, I understand what they're trying to do. I get they're, tr they're trying to make a point. But it's these are people you're playing with. These are real live people with children and older people. And, you know, we can work it out. But if you're going to be a bonehead, yeah. who wants to play with you? Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I call me crazy, but I, I don't understand why you got to be nasty about it. Why it can't be. We all know there's a problem. Let's figure out what to do. Well, yeah, because Democrats say the only solution is to let everybody in, and that's not acceptable. Uh, why can't we all get along with these boneheads? Oh, that might be part of the reason why, Whoopi. That might be part of the reason why. You guys invited them. You guys are getting them. They're sending them to where you guys live, and suddenly you have a problem with it, and everybody else is just wrong. Well, no. you got to take your medicine. It's your fault it's a spiky suppository. I just don't care. Bend over, bite your bottom lip, and hope for the best, Whoopi. There you go. That's enough for today. We'll get into everything else tomorrow. Biden's 60 Minutes interview and all the other crap that's going on in the world. These people never take a rest. They never exhale. They never quit. They are unstoppable. Uh, well, they are stoppable. They are evil. Quite frankly, they need to be destroyed. Anyway, the winner of the signed book contest this week is a lady. Lady out there somewhere in the world by the name of Stephanie K. Hey, Stephanie, long-distance dedication to you. From me, congratulations. You won the signed Brad Thor Athena Project book. Check your messages at patreon.com slash Podcast. That's uh, where you'll find me asking for your address so I can mail it out to you. So that brings us to what? That brings us to... What are we having this week? Well, since it was so nice, I thought let's do it twice. We've got Billy Idol returning. Again, a lot of people love Billy Idol. And sometimes it's weird. Sometimes the celebrities, they go over well. Sometimes they don't go over well. Billy Idol went over well. Somebody's going to win Billy Idol before this is all over, I promise you. But a lot of people love Brad Thor, too. So we're bringing back Brad Thor. It is full black. A signed copy of his big bestseller, Full Black. Is it a first? It is a first edition. Um, yes. So there you go. Check out the uh, DerekHunter.Locals.com and Patreon.com slash DerekHunter uh, podcast page to see the book, see the autograph, enter to win at either one of those websites. It's just that simple. Somebody's going to win. Why not you? And just like the lottery, well, actually, you got a better shot at winning one of these than in the lottery. But uh, you got to play to win. All right. It's Monday. Monday's over. 
Let's get ready for Tuesday. All right, let's just get through Monday. It's not necessarily over. It's power through it, but let's get ready for Tuesday. Do it all over again then, and at least it won't be Monday anymore. Thanks for listening. I'll see you tomorrow.